Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the audio ministry of Lighthouse Baptist Church in Schenectady, New York. For more great content, please visit us at lighthousebaptist.org. Now let's open our hearts and minds to the Word of God. One of the key verses for this morning's sermon is Hebrews chapter 13. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, is, it was like the number three verse on my list. It just got moved up to number one. Because I, I just think it's uh, a testimony. And, you know, Brother Mike, excellent selection. Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. Uh, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the privilege of being in your house today. Thank you, Lord, uh, for this day, a day of transition, a day of change, a day of, of joy, a day of great memories and great life. And Lord, uh, we pray that a legacy of, of God's work in us and among us. And, uh, Father, really want to combine love our singing thanks and praise. Thank you so much for your son Jesus who gave himself on the cross for our sins. And uh, Father, we pray that if there be any here today that have not yet repented of their sin and trusted Christ as Savior, this would be the day of salvation. Lord, and also we do pray that you would receive the preeminence. We thank you, Lord, for your, your leadership, your, your majesty, and your glory. We pray you bless Yeah, again, just a, a few quick points today. The first is his matchless being, and uh, he, is, he is immutable. And I, I want to read this, and it's a little bit of a, I don't know, it's not my thoughts. I'm really, I'm taking it from someone else, but I thought it's just said so well, and it, for me anyway, it just really spoke to my heart. Talk about the immutability of God, and I'm not going to read all of it, but it's the, the unchangeableness or immutability of God is that divine attribute which expresses the truth that in his nature and in perfections, in his knowledge uh, and imperfections, his knowledge, will, and purpose. He always remains the same in the fullness of his infinite and perfect being, infinitely above change, becoming, and development. And, and there's so much more I, I could read on that. I'm going to stop there just because I guess it's not really from my heart, but I just. I just want to say that we stand in, in the presence of one who's altogether lovely, pure, holy, and he never really does change. In, in, in my life, I believe the Lord led us to this point in time, and I, I, I do believe it's, it's very tough, but I, I don't think it's wrong. I've never, I've never thought it was wrong. It's very hard because you have family here. And, uh, and, you know, I didn't talk to the board, and, and I'm only officially in this position for another 20 minutes, but... The church is willing to pay for everybody's moving expenses. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you need a new house, airfare. You can stay in the best hotels. We will cover, no matter what the expense, we'll cover everything up to the first $20. And, it, and if you need... <laughs> no, it's... But it's, um, many of you have been asking, things are going well. And of course, we have uh, 
you know, it's a big change for us. I, I like sitting next to Bonnie in church. I will tell you that. I like, I like sitting next to her. That's a nice change. And we're just waiting to see what the Lord's going to do as far as direct leadership and things. Um, but God doesn't change. His matchless being. I'm just so thankful to know him. I'm thankful. Uh, the other day I went to my high school reunion, 45th high school reunion. And, uh, you know, usually only old people go to the 45th high school reunion. <laughs> And, uh, you know, it's just, it was amazing, a very pleasant time, very nice, but it's just a reminder of how quickly time goes by, and we stand in the presence of, of, a, of an unchanging God. Malachi 3.6 says, for I am the Lord, I change not, therefore ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. I thought that was appropriate in case there's any replacement theology people out there. God doesn't change. He's got a plan for Israel, of course, he will, he will perform it. And then, of course, Hebrews 13.8, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. His, his matchless being, he's wonderful and he's glorious, and we stand in his presence, and the purpose and the plan for God is greater than any one individual. It's greater than, certainly greater than me, greater than Pastor Prime, greater than really any of you. It's, it's, it's his gospel. It's, it's the building of, of the church. It's the, it's the being faithful to his service, regardless of the circumstance around us. If, if the whole world goes crazy and, and drives off a cliff tomorrow, well, stay faithful to what God would have you to do. It's just, it's what it's all about. And why? Because we stand in the, in the, in the presence of someone who's, uh, who's absolutely matchless in his being. He's unchangeable. He's immutable. And he never alters, never changes. We're going to be with him someday. And it is true that Jesus Christ saved yesterday, today, and forever. It's, it's a blessing. It's a blessing that we finite people, loved by an absolutely pure and wonderful Heavenly Father, can have a part in serving him, seeing other people come to know Christ as Savior. Amen. You know, his matchless being, his matchless blessing, and I mentioned his saving grace. It was just shortly before I turned 21 when, uh, when I trusted Christ as my Savior. I asked God to forgive me, and I asked Jesus Christ to be my personal Savior. Never look back. Never look back. You grow. You learn things. You make some missteps along the way. I mean, I... Pastor Prime has never done that, but, but some, of, some of us have. <laughs> and uh, it's, just, it's just so good to be part of, of God's plan, his saving grace. He changes us, and we're not the same people that we used to be. And uh, I get, we have snapshots of that all the time. I grew up in this area, so I have a lot of snapshots of that, just different memories and, and people that you know and things. His saving grace, his special giving, the opportunity to serve him, it was... Uh, it was in April of uh, 1984, I believe it was, on a Wednesday night service when uh, Pastor Richard Worsham brought a message from Luke chapter 5 on Jesus went down to the water, there were two boats, he got into one, which one are you? And I, the Lord just used that to say, you need to make a decision. And that's, that's where it started in our life. And, you know, and it's, 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 it's such a blessing. I'm 63 years old. Another 20 or 30 years, we're going to be heading into midlife. <laughs> and I'm just trying to get emotionally prepared for that. The, bi the biggest part of my life is over. It's over. And I wouldn't want to do anything else. And you shouldn't want to do anything else. There are people who come and go with different responsibilities and phases and stuff. And, and sometimes when they go, it's not necessarily a bad thing. They'll move or something may come on. But I'm talking about in serving the Lord. Nothing's more important. There is an inevitable judgment seat of Christ that's coming up. 
And when we sang that song, I just about came unglued, he will give us grace and glory. We're, we're, we're like cockroaches. Yes. We really are. When we stand before an almighty, holy God and you think that he will give us grace and glory. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. What a, what a wonderful day is coming our way. And we want to be faithful. We want to serve him with all that we have. Serve him with all we have. And you and I, we fail on that. But boy, he's, 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 he's so faithful to give us one opportunity after another, special giving, giving of ministries. And, and, and I, I could break out with about 500 stories right now, and I'm not going to do that because I wouldn't do that to you. But it's such a, a wonderful testimony of, of God's working in our lives. And then the, the third thing I want to say is, um, at this time in transition, you know, Pastor Prime and I, we think a lot alike. We really do. Um, and months ago, when, when I knew this was looming, I didn't know the timing of it, but knew it was looming, Pastor Prime was the first one I spoke to. And um, because I knew that, that this church, they needed someone who's an independent Baptist. No monkeying around. You need someone who's going to stick with the King James Bible. No monkeying around. You need someone who's going to stay with a good, solid music program. No monkeying around. And Pastor Prime fit the bill. He's an independent Baptist. And, and then soul winner. It, it, every one of us has our own strengths and weaknesses. There's areas, uh, you know, God uses all, we're all just different. That is what I'm saying. But Pastor Prime's empathy with people is spectacular. Uh, I'm really in awe of it. I was talking to a couple people. He's so empathetic, it just bothers you. And, uh, and I was, of course, kidding, but his, his sincerity and, and his walk for Christ, his, his diligent, unified reputation for Christ is just, it's unique. I don't know of anybody, and I speak of Patricia also. I, I can't think of another couple that exemplifies that sincere following of Christ and, and really live it out on a daily level, no matter what the cost, better than these two. And uh, so Jesus really is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and we're coming to a point of, uh, we are at a point of transition. I, I walk up to the pulpit this morning, and technically, as pastor, kind of a lame duck pastor, in, in a, so to speak, but I leave here today no longer the pastor of Lighthouse Baptist Church, but, but relationships don't change. My love for Lighthouse Baptist Church and for the people here uh, it doesn't change. I wish we could be in two places at once. Uh, Jessica's here. Je where is Jessica? Is she downstairs also? She's downstairs also? Well, they moved to South Carolina. And we moved to South Carolina so that we would be under the correct jurisdiction to start legal proceedings against them. <laughs> <laughs> the case should be over by February, maybe middle March. We'll be back. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, obviously. It, um, you know, it, it's, a, it's a good change of life for us, but I, as I think about Lighthouse Baptist Church and the ministry of God here, I'm really extremely thankful for Pastor Prime and Patricia coming, really being led to the Lord. And I have to say this, I don't, I don't want to say too much, you know, live streaming and everything, but there were other places they could go. And God led them here. And I'm so thankful. I, I did a pretty good, pretty good job of being used of God to let them know that this is, you know, where they need to be. <laughs> but I couldn't do it. 
but God did. I mean, really, when we talk about God being unchangeable and immutable, he really is. And I believe that God brought this combination of times together. And I think it's going to go really well. There's a sadness, and there's nothing wrong with the sadness. It's okay. But the, the solidity and the confirmation of God's working throughout all this, I think, is absolutely remarkable. And so with that, we let go of the earthly and say, once again, address the heavenly and say, thank you, God, Amen. for your faithfulness and your direction in all of this. And with that, I turn the pulpit over to Pastor Prime. He says, I have no missteps. I can't even remember to tell David to bring up the missions letter and read it. <laughs> Incredible, isn't it? Um, it's a great honor, obviously. And I, but I do want to give a, a brief message uh, tied in with the Word of God uh, for how important this day is. Uh, so what I'm going to ask you all to do is I'm going to ask you to go to 2 Kings 2, if you would, for a minute. I'll try to keep this brief. I don't really know how to do that. But I will I'll do my best, and I'll cut short the reading of Scripture, not because it's not important, but because I'll get right to the point, and then I'll try to finish this as a devotional after the meal this morning. I want you to know I love you here. Um, I care about you. I really do. Um, probably more than you know. Uh, I take it a huge responsibility to stand behind this pulpit of this man uh, that has been here for 36 years. Um, it's a great honor, Pastor, like beyond probably any I've ever done. Uh, and I just want you to know that I'm going to do my best to fill his shoes, but I know that I can't, but I'm going to do my best. Uh, so Second uh, Kings uh, 2, I'm not, for the sake of time, I'm not going to read all the way down. Um, I'm going to read just a verse 9 through a couple verses. And you know the story, right? It's about the double portion. It's about Elijah handing over the mantle to Elisha. So it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elijah, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elijah said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be. And it came to pass, as they went on, talked, that, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire, and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven, and Elijah saw, and he cried. And that's one of my most precious verses in the Bible to my own heart. My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And I'll share a little bit more of that in this afternoon. But, and he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and rent him in two pieces. And he took up also the mantle of Elijah and fell, that fell upon him and went back, stood by the bank of the Jordan that was just parted by Elijah. And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell on him and smote the waters and, excuse me, my page won't turn here, and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he had also had spent in the waters, they parted hither and thither, and Elijah went over. You told me, Pastor, that they like stories. I want to give a, a little bit of a story here for just the remaining 10 minutes or so, 10, 15, 20 minutes here. Uh, and then I'll finish up with Elijah, Elijah uh, some of the things we can learn from him in the 
in the afternoon devotional. Unless you're doing that. Are you a devotional? Were you planning on it? Devotional after we eat? Sure. All right. Well, then I don't have to. I'll, I'll carry this on on Wednesday night or something, all right? All right. No, that's up to you. We'll, we'll decide when we get down there. It's all spontaneity, isn't it? But anyways, how I admire these two men, all right, Elijah and Elisha. Um, here it is, the remaining hours of their time together. God used Elisha to test the commitment of this young disciple, right? And he passed the test very faithfully. He was totally committed to his call and to the task God had given him upon this earth. And it, in his commitment to service, Elijah is a dynamic example of a devoted disciple of Jesus Christ. It's one, actually, we can look at, both of them, as an example for us to follow. Um, whatever you're calling in life, whatever your task, regardless of the difficulties you're dealt with or you're dealing with, or the fears that arise in your life, uh, or the opposition you have to face, you are to stay devoted to the cause of Christ. In other words, no matter what happens here in these days ahead, I, I can't imagine that Satan's just going to say, well, I'm done with that church, Pastor Horn's gone. Right? No, he's going to say, I'm not done here. I, I have a work to do because the legacy is going to carry on. The work is going to carry on. So nothing will remain fruitful or enduring without a devoted commitment to this church and a sincere desire to see it achieved. You know, to see fruit still bear fruit here. So uh, when you think about it, a worker's labor is often unacceptable and incomplete if he or she is only partially committed to the job. A farmer reaps very little from any field if he isn't committed himself fully to that field, you know, in the planting and the seeding and all that, in the uh, weeding and all that stuff he has to do. Homes disintegrate if they're not tended to. A business suffers financial loss and maybe even bankruptcy if the management is only partially committed. No matter what the task is, productivity suffers unless there's a, severe, a sincere commitment to seeing it succeed. In other words, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's always got to be that way here, always. It's always got to be that commitment to him and not about us, but all about him. So it's not boastful to ask for a double portion, right? I'm asking for it, right, from this man. <laughs> Just like Elijah did from Elisha did from Elijah. I, I, I'll try to hurry with the rest of this, but I thought I'd give you a story. You said, he said you like stories, so I'm going to give you one. Uh, normally I'm, I'm more expounding on the scriptures, but today, for this morning, just to go into the actual installation service. Sometimes when you hear a statement, and Sharon Denton's going to really appreciate this, sometimes when you hear a statement, especially from a preacher in a sermon, the idea connects with you. With such a force, you feel like you've been hit by a two-by-four. Am I correct, Sharon? You roll the statement over and over in your mind, and you feel, you're feeling as if the preacher just picked on you, and it just hangs on your neck like a 10-pound weight, like an albatross, and you just can't let go of it. Now, you all know what I'm talking about, right? And I, I have that happen to me a lot, and I'm sure you, you do too. That's what happened to D.L. Moody. He was uh, at a meeting with uh, Henry Varley, a British revivalist who had uh, kind of befriended Moody while he was overseas in Dublin. And Henry said something that got Moody's attention. He could never let go of it. Uh, said, Varley said this, the world has yet to see what God can do with a man fully consecrated to him. And that statement haunted Moody. Uh, he couldn't let go of it. 
hit him like a two by four. He eventually wrestled that statement down to this conclusion, I would be that man. He just said, I want to be that man. And he ended up being that man. He touched the world for Jesus Christ. So after he made that statement, history tells us Moody's ministry developed into what appeared to be some sort of unexplainable phenomenon. In other words, people began responding to his messages by the droves here and abroad. And by the way, no other man in history that I know of, except for Paul, uh, reached the amount of people Moody reached with the gospel, considering the limited amount of transportation sources and communication methods. You know, if you look at Billy Graham, he reached far more people, but he had, you know, Moody was on horse and buggy. He was traveling by trains. He was in steamships going across the ocean, right? Billy Graham, what? He's got jets and cars and planes and uh, TVs, uh, uh, you know, all kinds of way to, to meet people all around the world. And I remember when I heard that statement for the very first time when Moody said that, uh, he said, I will be that man. And then reading about his smashing success that he had after, after it convicted me so much. I can almost cry right now talking about it. It just convicted me so much. I know I don't have the talents of that man. I, don't know, I know I don't have the talents of D.L. Moody or anybody. But I know I have the same God. I know I have the same God. Um, it still rolls in my, around in my head every day. I will be that man. So much so that I, years ago I started driving over to Northfield, Mass, to Round Top. Everybody familiar with Round Top? All right, I've been there several times. I go to the pray. I actually make a two-hour trip from Fonda, two-and-a-half-hour trip. I did. Just to kneel next to his grave, nothing magical or anything, mystical, nothing like that. It's just that, you know, one day those dead bones are going to live. And, and I just, and I kneel there up on Round Top in the beauty of the majesty of the valleys and the hills that are around that and I pray so I want to I want to end with this one story that 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 I want to challenge you with okay uh, I don't believe in coincidences we talked about it already your pastor just talked about that everything is ordained by God okay the reason I'm standing behind this pulpit right now is because God wanted that I know you think you voted for me I know and, and I know I think that I made that decision, but neither of that happened, right? God said, you're, I'm calling you to hear. I, that was confirmed on Saturday morning, yesterday morning, in a way that I, that I haven't felt in a long time in three years. So it still rolls around in my head. I want to be that man. And so after all the great accomplishment, what I did, I just made a trip. To, I made a lot of trips around town. It was, it's beautiful. It's breathtaking. And uh, being this is somewhat of a passing of Batante, let me tell you this story about one of those times that I was there. And then I'll, and then we'll, uh, we'll, I'll ask my wife to come up here and the deacons and, and uh, trustees. I was praying on my knees. Now, my wife never stood by me when I did that. She just felt she went off to the side. And I would just and literally sometimes raise my hands and just say, Lord, I don't know what to do. I want to do whatever you want me to do. And... Uh, and, and then pray. And so anyways, while I was there one time, a man came walking up. I know, and remember, this is the complex, Moody's complex. It's got, there's a, a Herman, I think it's called Herman Bible Institute was there for women that he started there for girls. And he started one for boys. There's all these other things. The famous tabernacle is there. But the place is shut down and it's just, an, you know, it's just a, a museum at this point. 
And this man comes walking out of one of those buildings where I thought nobody was there. And he walks up the hill to meet me and he said to me, I see you're praying. He says, what are you praying for? Has anybody ever asked you that? Very humbling. I mean, when you think about it, if I see you praying, like, what are you praying for? I mean, I've, I've been in a restaurant and I've said to somebody, I see you praying for your food, or for your food, for the food, yeah. For the food, I said, that really, that really blesses God. So he says to me, what are you praying, and what are you praying for? And I, and I said, I'm praying for the gift of evangelism that Moody had, and a double portion of it. And I, this is God's honest truth. Thinking he would mock me, instead he smiled, and he said, follow me, son. And as we walked side by side, he told me he was a local Presbyterian pastor who was hired by the Moody Institute to watch over the grounds. He had been doing it for many, many, many years. He said whenever he would see someone praying near the grave, he would approach them and ask them what they are praying for. Then he said, of all the hundreds of people I asked, you are the first one asking for the gift of evangelism. This, I'm talking like 10, 15 years, the, and he'd always ask hundreds of people when they're coming to pray, and he'd said to me, uh, you are the first one that has asked me for the gift of evangelism. Now, you would think, we both thought as we talked, that that would have been the majority of the requests there. That everybody was praying, make me a vessel worthy of your hire so that I can reach the world. Do you think that'd be the one number one? But it wasn't. He said the number one press request was selfish. He said everybody would come there looking for a miracle. For themselves. It was never about the world. Then he led me into the famous tabernacle where I had been before at a conference, but he, he was just showing me around there. And he opened up a back door behind where Moody preached, and he pulled out a hand-painted picture and he said he would give it to me if he could, but it was part of the archives. He couldn't do that. Just because of what I was praying for. It was a picture that someone had painted on round top, uh, uh, painted of round top, showing fire sprouting upward towards heaven out of Moody's grave. And what the author tried to illustrate was or his or her, whoever it was, was her, his or her desire for revival the revival fires of D.L. Moody to return again to the, north, to the Northeast. That is not coincidence. All right, now I have not reached the world, for, well, in some aspects I have as far as traveling, uh, like Moody reached the world. But that pastor said to me that day, he said, I will never forget this conversation, and I'll pray your prayers will be answered, and you'll be the one God uses to spark a revival here in the Northeast. And I'm going to be honest with you, I've never thought of that. Uh, I've never forgotten that. And I never thought about it until Saturday, about what he said. Now, I'm not, I'm not standing up here boasting or saying I'm some sort of, I'm not. I'm, nobody, I'm a nobody, absolute nobody. But if God could send a, a, a simple message like that to a nobody to encourage him to keep going, and stay in it for him in the Northeast. Listen, that should challenge us all right now as your pastor moves on and I move in to the pulpit that he, that he established here. It's just an amazing story to me that that came back to my heart 24 hours ago. 
right, so that I would be able to share that with you. We have a work to do here in the Northeast. Your pastor started it. It has to continue. I'm a 67-year-old man. I don't know how many more years I got on earth. Right? I don't know how many more years he'll even have me here. I don't know that. You just don't know. But Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he has blessed this church, blessed that man, and he wants to continue to do that here. So can I ask you all to pray one thing for you and me, is that we'd have a double portion. And then we can just go on in the ministry for Jesus Christ here in this Gildalin, Schenectady, Albany area and see him turn this area upside down for Jesus Christ. So I can one day call that man down in South Carolina and say to him, Pastor, you're not going to believe it. Hundreds are being saved up here in the Albany area. That's my goal. And I love that man for bringing it all the way this far and still it's still going on he loves you so much do you realize the work and effort and prayers he put into to make sure that you had somebody that you know what I mean most pastors you know what they do this is what they do I you know they just say I'm resigning on the 30th of this month and on the 30th they're gone and you don't hear from them again he has made a tremendous effort to bless his people his sheep here this is your shepherd just pray that I can pick up that mantle, play, please, and do as good a job as he did. Father, thank you for your word. It just reminds us of there is still a major work to do here, and we can't become lax or half-hearted in this. There's just too many souls to reach. There's just too many areas to touch and too many hearts to transform. So I pray, Lord, that you will do the exceeding abundantly above all that we could possibly ask or think, not only in this man's life as he leaves, leaves, but in this church as I begin to attempt to fill his shoes. And we'll just thank you for everything you're going to do. We hope that message was an encouragement to you. To stay up to date with us, please follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook at LBC Schenectady. If you would like more information on how heaven can be your home, please visit lighthousebaptist.org slash the gospel.